Hello and welcome to A Very Full Plate, the podcast where we're all about real food talk with real parents. Your hosts for today are Amy, a natural foods chef and mom of two, and Emily, a professional home organizer and mom of three. Take it away, ladies. Hi, friends. Thanks for joining us. I'm your co-host, Amy. I turn parents into kitchen ninjas to help them feed their families healthy food more often. I'm all about balance, real life, and having fun in the kitchen. You can find me at cookingwithafullplate.com and my Facebook page of the same name. Hey, guys. This is Emily. I'm a professional organizer who helps my clients simplify their lives so that they can experience harmony in their homes again. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram or visit hallharmonyhomes.com. Come along with us while we celebrate our small victories and laugh at our challenges. And thank you so much for listening. Hi there, and welcome to our very first episode of the A Very Full Plate podcast. I'm Amy Vig, one of your hosts, and I'm so excited to introduce our first ever interview with Emily Hall, my fantastic co-host. Emily is a mom and personal organizer from New England. I'm most excited for you all to hear this interview because Emily is a great example of someone who strives to do better with food and meet the unique needs of her family while also keeping it totally real. Emily, what are you most excited for folks to hear? I think I'm most excited to share how despite our chaos and imperfections, Food has been a real catalyst for healing in our family. I'm so excited to chat today because honestly, we have talked about podcasting together and this little idea that we had that we wanted to capture conversations with parents and share the things that maybe we're not having time to share. So Emily, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and what your daily life looks like? Sure. So um, I have three little girls. They're one, three, and five. Um, We live out in New England. And I have my husband, Matt, and he works in elementary school. So he's actually home quite a bit, which is a huge help and probably the only reason why we have three and not just two, um, because I would be going crazy. And I'm a professional organizer. So that's what I do part-time when I'm not wrangling the kiddos. I basically do that nights and weekends. We call ourselves chaos junkies because we've moved like three times. We've kind of flipped a few houses and we just love being busy and, and, um, and kind of laughing through the chaos. Basically. I think that having three kids and flipping houses. I know. And everything else, anything else on top of that tells me that you guys are chaos junkies. I love that term. So you're <laughs> chaos junkies and yet you still manage to make this healthy eating thing happen. So yeah. I want to dig more into that because I think chaos junkie or not, you do life and then you add a kid to your life. And in my experience, that's like chaos, whether you want it or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know what? I think, I think when you have the kids, they're like, it's already crazy. Why don't we do something interesting and challenging that's going to take up other mind space? That's not just kids screaming and diapers and whatever. It's like, oh, at least we're going to see some instant gratification when we redo this wall. <laughs> right. I would love to hear how you describe the way that your family aspires to eat. And I always use aspire because I yeah. know, and I know you know that Everything with a family is aspiration and we are not here to like talk about perfection, but rather the real life of trying to eat healthy amidst the entire other reality of what we have. So tell us about your family's eating style. 
Sure. So, I mean, if you're hearing all the crazy buzzwords of different styles of eating, there's so many different words. There's gluten-free, there's paleo, there's um, ketogenic, there's uh, vegan and what have you. But we basically try to eat whole foods that include vegetables, fruits, nuts, because we don't have any allergies for that. Um, maybe some seeds, some healthy fats. And then we eat, we try to always eat grass-fed um, grass-based meats and we have chickens which we eat their eggs we feed them what we think we would want to ingest um and of course that is difficult at times but we've been able to over the years kind of develop some shortcuts and and stuff but we're basically um we work towards grain-free but we're mostly gluten-free okay so yeah. all gluten-free, mm-hmm. mostly grain-free. Mm-hmm. So would you call your way of eating like paleo style or? It's paleo mixed with the ketogenic in the sense that we okay. do, we're not fully ketogenic, but at times we may be in that, that state if depending on what's going on with our lives. But um, the reason why I throw the ketogenic in is because we do eat some dairy, and okay. paleo is no dairy, but we don't eat as much sugars as you might find in paleo. If you're like, I'm paleo, but you happen to be eating extra fruits or whatever, you might still feel like I'm heavy in the sugars. But anyway, um, it's sort of this hybrid 80-20 rule. Um, and there are times where we will accidentally, <laughs> accidentally eat gluten or whatever. So it's not perfect. But in, I try to keep the in the home strict because when we get outside the home, it can be really hard to stick to it. So. Yeah, I love that. Like control what you can and yeah. let go of what you can't, which exactly. I think is a fantastic metaphor for yeah. being a parent in general. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So can you give us a quick rundown of what ketogenic encompasses? And I'm also super curious to hear how that impacts the way that you feed your girls. Sure. So um, the person who is most ketogenic in our family is my husband. And it basically means you lead with a lot of healthy fats. So that could come in the form of meats, that could come in the form of avocados, that could come in the form of coconut oil and lots of veggies. And then your secondary product is protein. And then you have basically only a few hundred carbs a day, um, which ketogenic essentially means you go into ketosis, which is like a whole process of basically you become a fat burner instead of a sugar burner. And with the girls... They eat like, quite a few veggies and things like hummus, and and they'll also eat uh, like um, cashew butter, you know, sun nut butter, um, definitely avocados. For the two of them that will eat avocados, <laughs> for now we eat like quite a bit of sausage and bacon and healthy meats, um, eggs, lots of eggs, cheese. So kids, though, I do find burn through sugars and carbs faster. Um, and they do require it because they're growing. So I don't really, uh, you know, unless my kid had a medical reason, I don't really push the ketogenic. They're more of a paleo. But one of my kids, I try to keep low sugar because of some other concerns that she has. I do find that I start my kids with more of a protein breakfast and it keeps them satiated for a little longer so they're not hungry at 9.30 for a snack. And just being able to fill yourself for a long time means like less decision-making for eating later which is sure. like, like if we get them to eat like a really good like sausage egg breakfast, you know, with some salt and cheese and, you know, they have their, their little juice or whatever with vitamins in it, they're less likely to be like, now I want pretzels and now I want this and now I want that. And so it's less of me going, what am I going to feed them next? I love that. One of the things I often say to people I'm working with is I would love to help you get your food so down that you don't have to think about food as much. Yeah. Because to me, and I know in my life, 
I'm thinking about food all the time. Yeah. Let's be honest. Most of the food you're thinking about as a parent is like, oh, dang it. This kid needs to eat again. Yeah. <laughs> what, I know. It's what like I have in this pantry to feed them. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. When my husband's home in the summer, you would think, oh my God, you're so lucky. Your husband's home in the summer. And it is great, except the kids behave so much worse when we're both home and there's no plan. It's like, oh. <laughs> so glad right? it's not just me. <laughs> so the funny thing is we joke that in the summer, it's so hectic in the morning with breakfast. And we're like, ah, chaos. And, we're, and everyone's like, what are you so stressed about? We're like, we're just preparing for the next meal. <laughs> just trying to fill time until lunch and then fill time until dinner. And it's kind of sad. Also funny. Sometimes our days are like, how do we fill time before we eat again? <laughs> and then what are we going to eat when we get yes, there? And, okay, then, I'm and, always... and then have I prepared the meal that's next? <laughs> Absolutely. So feeding three growing girls, a ketogenic husband, and yourself, who I presume needs to eat also. Mm -hmm. So what is your superpower when it comes to feeding your family healthy food? I think I was really lucky to have hit my journey of health when they were young enough to make impressions on them. I, I, I sympathize with people who maybe didn't have a why or didn't have a reason to be super strict when their kids were young. And now they're thinking, how do I change them? And they're in elementary school. Um, so for me, I do feel a little fortunate that everything happened so I could feed them young and their palates kind of got used to that. Um, but secondarily, I have a lot of stamina with being like, no, you need to eat that. Um, you know, I try to give them a little control because I don't want it to be a fight. I don't want them to fight food. But I am I'm very big about we're going to sit down and talk about how food is fuel. You know, it's not, it's fun second and fuel first. So I think having the stamina to be like, oh, I'm not just going to give in has helped because I am home. I'm not doing just the rush of like 6 p.m. I just got home from work. So for me, my superpower is being able to wait them out or being able to explain to them like this is what you're eating. I love that. I want to, I want to stop <laughs> you there because I want to dig more into that because I know I'm not the only one who's curious about what that looks like. Yeah. I often feel like what I lack is the stamina to have the conversation and I'm just like, fine. So can you like role play for us? Yeah. What, what does that sound like? And maybe even more importantly, as a parent, like what space do you go to in your head to like get the patient? <laughs> and how long do you wait? This is what I need to I know. know. How long I am know. I supposed to wait? Um, I think I've been able to... <laughs> Since I was a kid, I was just like an observant person. So I've been able to observe like what motivates each of my kids. So my oldest is motivated by dessert. She just is. And I, you know, I've read so many times like, don't have them earn dessert, whatever. Those people are not in my house dealing with this. So <laughs> if I'm like, listen, you need to gag down these five bites of broccoli if you want X dessert. She, her love language is gifts, right? So for her, it's like, I'm giving you some control to pick out something to have like applesauce or whatever, whatever it is. So for her, I can negotiate. She's a, she's like a negotiator. Um, and she's definitely, she's definitely the pickiest. The oldest okay. is the pickiest. And she's, cause she's a little bit older and she's among her friends. So she's the pickiest. My middle child is a really, just a really good eater. And I'm lucky because she's, she's a sensory craver. So she just loves like to eat a lot of stuff. And so I'm not super mad at her when she's like, I don't really like dinner because she'll eat you know, the other meals. And um, sometimes I'm like, kids eat so much better when there's only two big meals. Because if I feed them a big lunch, a big, a big breakfast, a big lunch, and then dinner comes around, they're usually like, I don't want to eat this. But if they're hungry enough, they eat it. Like right. there's no argument. Now my youngest is the pickiest. She's one. She wants to eat bread, cheese, and yogurt all day long. Yeah, uh, me too. 
So sometimes she eats frozen peas, rice, and like a couple bites of whatever that, you know, meat or whatever. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. I can't pick that battle with her. I don't know. I guess I just get to know each of their styles and how they're motivated. And I think the younger ones, it's harder. It's, you know, they're not going to have more than five seconds of attention span um, to have the argument, but the five-year-old and the three-year-old, I can kind of talk them through it. Um, yeah. I love, I love the idea of what you're saying, which is like knowing your kids too, that yeah. healthy eating doesn't look the same to everyone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Kind of the premise of this entire show. Right. So I hope that that's true. Yeah. Um, but also good eating in terms of like what we as parents define as like so-and-so had a good day of eating might look different child by child. And I love the idea of honoring that. I also have a dessert motivated kid and we do the same amounts of desserts and I equally have read all of the things about don't motivate your kids with desserts but I do I just think as humans we're kind of wired for enjoying yeah. sweets and I love the idea that maybe it's not even the food itself but that there's some underlying like I love getting gifts like it makes me feel yeah. good that you gave me this thing and so my I'm motivated not so much by the sugar, which is what right. I often get yeah. in my mom guilt headspace about. Yeah. And instead I'm motivated by this, like, you have honored my hard work by giving me this thing that I value. Exactly. It's, and for my kid who's super visual, sometimes she literally doesn't like the looks of the meal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so she asked us to make her a line. Like, make me a line, and then I know how much I have to eat mm-hmm. every day. Can you make me a line? Sometimes I'm like, are you serious? Just eat your yeah. meal. Yeah. Um, But it's a visual thing for her. And then she's like, oh, and then I'm going to get some whatever cereal or whatever. So I'll I'll share a link to this in our show notes when we have such a thing. But one one of the things that we have done, because my son is like big on, I don't want my food to touch. Mm. And I need to know how much I need to eat to get this thing. There's this product called dinner winner. It's basically a plate that looks like a game board and it has oh, that's like cool. maybe 10 little slots. They're like little, um, you know, one inch squares or something. And then at the end, there's a dessert space that says finish, like a board game. Oh, that it has a so cover good. on it. Yeah. Sometimes you need to just simplify it like that. Like there's <laughs> no negotiation, just it's fine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that you've mentioned a couple of times that we haven't dug into yet, but I know that I'm curious about and our listeners will be too, is you mentioned that you had a couple of reasons for making this change in the way that your family eats. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you mind digging in a little bit more yeah. and letting us know uh, what those reasons were and how they sure. serve to keep you motivated in the day-to-day grittiness of yeah. getting food on the table? Yeah. So there were some, there were lots of reasons why we started eating healthier. I've always been sort of like, let's eat healthy, but we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, and then when my husband, he got diagnosed with Hajimoto's thyroiditis, which is basically like a hypothyroid where it's an autoimmune condition. Um, and he was a pretty healthy person. Like he was a triathlete. We didn't really eat a lot of junk. Um, but he always kind of had extra weight on him that it would like drove him crazy, but he didn't really have any other symptoms. So he got this blood work that was like, you have this and now you have to go on this medication and, and that's it. And eventually your thyroid is going to fall out or whatever. <laughs> it's going to fail and we'll take it out. And they were like, we'll just do surgery. It'll be fine. And he was so uncomfortable with that. But for five years, he was on the medication and you know, whatever it was, it was okay. He didn't really see any side effects at the time, but 
it just drove him nuts that he was on medica- medication. So I, I see a chiropractor and he was like, listen, if you want um, some advice, he needs to try a different, uh, like an anti-inflammatory diet, which is basically paleo or low sugar as well, um, to try and remove, you know, some of the processed stuff out of his body. So his body stops fighting itself. So without getting too technical, he went and saw a naturopath and, you know, he was basically like, get yeah, follow this diet. Let's do some supplements just to help detox you at first. And we'll see if we can get your numbers better um, and see what we can do. So long and disturbed it was, it was about a year of him being dedicated, not knowing whether it was going to work. And um, within a year, his he, t- he stopped taking the medication on his own regard. And for three months, his levels were like perfect, like as if totally healthy thyroid. His um, his doctor actually was stumped. He was like, I don't understand what happened. Like, <laughs> I did I did I diagnose you correctly? He questioned his own diagnosis and my husband's like, no, this is what I did. I, I, I fixed it. And he's like, I, I don't, you know, I don't, he was like, I, I, he's like, I don't want to say you're totally healed. I can't really say that, but you don't really have to come back to me again. You don't have to take the medication. It's as if the, but like this, it's as if Hajimoto's was never in your body. Wow. So huge gratification, but it took literally a year and a half to two years because we don't know how long this was developing. So I said, fine, I will dedicate, we'll do this. We'll, we'll, we'll eat this way. It's, it's definitely expensive, but we're going to do it. If this is important to you, who knows? One autoimmune disease often leads to another. So this could be saving you from further pain in life. So we did it and it was so gratifying that we were like, okay, this is the way we're eating like yeah. forever. Like occasionally he can dip into something that's maybe a little more inflammatory because his body now knows like, oh, detox, get that out, you know, yeah. move it along. Um, but it's worked for him and year after year, he gets, he does get his, tested again and no problems. No, he's getting, he has no issues. So we were really lucky. That's Um, amazing. I feel like that's a huge source of motivation, especially in the day to day when it's hard to get any food on the table, let alone really good (laughs) food on the table. But to have that in the back of your mind must be a really powerful motivator for him and for your family in general. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I do feel like I'm glad we have it because how easy would it be to be like, and while we were doing that, we noticed the behavior of the children changed because I was like, I'm only buying one grocery, you know, shopping list. Like I still buy them their little snackies and whatever. And plus I thought, well, if this is healthier and keeps inflammation out of your body, it's got to be pretty good for the kids. So we kept it with the kids. And then over time we, we learned more about our middle daughter has sensory processing issues. Mm-hmm. And the more we learned about that, the more it was like best to keep her on a more of a ketogenic diet where her brain can function properly. It has plenty of healthy fats for her brain to function. You know, the sugar high highs and the sugar low lows won't be part of her meltdowns. Can I stop you there? Because I want to know more about if she needs to eat differently. You were talking earlier about honoring your different kids' yes. personalities in the way that you work with them with food. What about when one kid has different dietary needs than others? What does that look like in terms of kid dynamic in your house? (laughs) Well, up until recently, it was like, I would let my oldest kind of sneak gluten. Like she'd be like, I just really want goldfish. And I really, it's not in our, I don't buy it, but let's say we go to like an event and there's goldfish and I'm like, oh no. You know what I mean? Because my middle daughter will be like, oh, the only thing with gluten, let me just shove it all uh, in my mouth. Yes. Yeah. They have a knack for that, right? <laughs> yeah. By the way, yeah. so do I. <laughs> I know. I know. I oh, know. Look at this pantry full of all these healthy things. We eat Costco-sized box of goldfish, which we yes. almost always have if my husband has been shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so that 
is the bane of my existence. In fact, I usually, I usually don't even go to birthday parties when I know that mm. my kid can't eat anything, which is unfortunate, but so I don't tricky. blame, I don't blame those people, but it, it can be alienating when your kid is, is like that. But just recently she started understanding that she can't have certain things. And so she's, we were at, I forget where we were, we were somewhere and they were like, we have cookies, we have crackers, we have this. And they did have some gluten-free stuff. She didn't want it. I said, you can't eat those. I'm sorry, honey. And so she said, okay, I'll have more orange. And I was cried. I'm like, you understand. But that wasn't always the case. It was years of being like, no, don't touch that. No, don't eat that. Spit that out. <laughs> you know? And, um, and I felt bad for her. But so long and short of it is when I have just the oldest or just the youngest, occasionally they'll be able to eat something that I, I don't let them. And I kind of make it like, Ooh, it's special. You'll get this. Special. But when all three girls are together, you try and make it so that they're all yeah. eating the same sort of. I'll just say, listen, it's, you know, it's not fair to Ellie. Like occasionally we'll let you do it, but it's not even that great for you either. So right. whatever, like, and, um, the youngest doesn't really understand anyway, um, Sure, but we just don't have it in our house. So it usually only happens in public places. And, yeah. um, and, and, and I'm just so glad that she finally understands that she has a different uh, you know, a different brain chemistry. And yeah. um, if you don't mind me asking, what are some of the things you've noticed as effects when she does have gluten? Like how have you mm. narrowed in on that being something yeah. that has a real impact on her? So this is how I know that at school, they accidentally fed her gluten. Because <laughs> at school, they they know she's not supposed to have it. But once again, she's handsy. And if someone's like, I brought in muffins, it's like, uh-huh. oh no. So she will usually have an accident. She's almost okay. four and she'll usually in the next day, like poop her pants. Okay. <laughs> and that's usually, again, that doesn't happen often. Um, she will act more emotional. She'll be like just big on the meltdowns and big on the, I want this, I want that. She'll seem tired. She will um, fight with her sisters a lot, a lot more hitting. Um, she will just kind of act in that way that looks like bad behavior, but it's really more of a sensory processing issue. Like she's over, she's overstimulated. Um, you can just see that she's, she herself is suffering. And that's how I pitched to myself. It's like, you, you're not doing her any favors. She's a child. You know, you're the adult in the situation. She right. may want to eat that stuff, but clearly it doesn't help her. And it makes, it makes it hard for her to process it. So um, you can just tell she's having a, she'll have like a rough day. You know, yeah. quote unquote, when a kid's having a bad day, um, for her, she just have a bad day and she usually poops her pants. That's how I yeah. know. Um, and that's when I was like, uh, the common denominator was, was that. I so. think that must be so challenging to stand your ground on. So kudos <laughs> to you, mama, for not only figuring it out, but standing your ground, but also how powerful to know that so early. I think that so many of us go through our lives with things that aren't serving us. Yes. Things could be so broad. So like food habits that aren't serving us and we don't get to the root of them until much later in our lives. Like 25 and you're like, I can't have dairy. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out I'm lactose intolerant. I I had no idea. I thought I was just going to be bloated my whole life. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And so for her to for you to know, to take mm-hmm. enough time to observe that and then to work with her on learning that from the get-go, that's really cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing well, that. Thanks. Well, I'm, thanks for the kudos. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I think I got used to this idea of like, well, let's just try. Because when I was nursing, my kids couldn't handle dairy. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, I always thought, oh my God, I'm never going to eat cheese for a year. Are you kidding me? No. But I thought, let me give it three days. And when my kids were sleeping after three days, I was like, okay, I can give up cheese for a little while to get sleep or whatever it is. So I always take it in increments. Like if you're thinking my kid, I don't know if there's an issue with them, but you're like, let me just give it a few days. Let's just survive three days without either grains or dairy or something. There's something you're testing. You get that gratification. You start to go, hmm, maybe there's something here. And that's- I love that idea of take it in increments. Yeah. I think that so many people that I talk about with lifestyle change, especially when it comes to food, are like, I can't never have that again. And I agree. I'm the same yeah, way. Right. Like, I can't never have sugar again, right? right. Like, so daunting. Think of, all, think of all the things I want to do and the experiences I want to have. And this idea of like, take it in increments. Yeah. Take three days, test it out, see how you feel. Right. If you notice a big difference, that might be your motivator. If you notice no difference, go back to it, yeah, right? right? Like, maybe that's not for you. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of how I have ended up where I am on my healthy eating journey. So it's cool to hear that someone else had that same experience of don't try and tackle it all at once. Focus right. on this one single thing ahead of you. Make that change, internalize it, and then go on to the next thing. Yeah. And, and, and quite frankly, as a parent, there's always the days where we're like, ah, she can have a little of this. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I'm like, she cannot have this. Why did I do that? But we all fall back to like, it's probably fine. She's been great for like two months. And then you're like, why did I do that? But you need to relearn those lessons. I, I'm you not going to lie. I have the exact same challenge. So my <laughs> younger guy, I couldn't have dairy when I was nursing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm still nursing him, but I couldn't have dairy in the first six months for of nursing while, him. Yeah. And then I went back to having it because I love cheese mm-hmm. and dairy and basically everything. I love all food. That's the truth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that you is my greatest food. asset and my greatest challenge when it comes yes. to healthy eating. Um, so I put it back in my diet and I didn't notice any effect for him. So to this idea of testing and I was like, mm-hmm. cool, I can have dairy again. Now he's eating solids and he's a great eater and his older brother eats cheese every once in a while, like milk, but he'll eat some cheese. So I started being like, oh, maybe he can have a little bit of cheese here and there. And I was telling you, he had his worst night's sleep ever. And I suspect that he had like a couple bites of cheese and that may have been the impact. So you're making me motivated to take it in increments, take a few more days. Yeah, there you go. And see what happens. I love it. You told us what your superpower is. Yes. What about, what's your kryptonite when it comes to feeding your family healthy food? Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I have my own kryptonite of things that I eat that I shouldn't, but. um, I'm glad you're not superhuman. God, no. God, no. (laughs) I mean, back in the day, my my personal kryptonite back in the day was Thin Mints because that all at once or Oreos. (laughs) Right. So some of the, some of the worst stuff, but at the same time, some of the best stuff. So, um, but my kryptonite now, my personal kryptonite is definitely still of the chocolate realm. So mm-hmm. like, have you ever had like unreal peanut butter cups? Mm-hmm. The brand unreal. Yeah. You eat like a whole bag of those, those are like a, like a caramel dark chocolate. I mean, chocolate is my kryptonite for sure. Okay. Now. And of course like wine or hard, hard cider on occasions is like the thing that I'm like, I need this. Um, and I don't know about you, but I find that the chocolate thing happens like when that happens. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh my God, where's the cabinet of chocolate? And then they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing, just let me eat. Um, 
Here's, here's the truth. In the middle of the night last night, while a nine-month-old was just like screaming because it was at the point where he wouldn't even go to sleep when we were holding him. Like he thought it was time to party. So yeah. we just had to leave him yeah. because it yeah. wasn't time to party, clearly. And there's there's a peanut butter cookie that's half covered in chocolate in this cabinet that's still there at the moment because my husband bought like a six pack of them when I asked him to buy me one chocolate chip cookie oh. at the grocery store. Yeah. The rest have been gone in in a fit of those moments yeah. you're talking about during the day where like someone's crying and I'm just yeah. like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> and How I funny is that? At one in the morning coming downstairs and having that last cookie. And I was like, it seems like a lot of work to go downstairs. And that's the only reason it still exists. So I yeah. totally identify with that. <laughs> what about your kryptonite for like getting healthy food on the table? <sighs> trying to think. I mean, I definitely give them potato chips a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. Um, lucky something I do often go to when I'm like, I need to keep it simple is like, you know, frozen French fries. So I think potatoes and French fries are a big thing for me because I know they still fit in with like Mm -hmm. the gluten-free world. Um, cheese, cheese. I just like shove cheese down their throats because they generally can handle it. Right. So, so do you think that's like a preparation thing or just a life is crazy thing? It's usually a, like I didn't prepare or, or let's, let's say something happens where they're like, like, um, my husband's like, I'm going to be home late. And I was depending on something like, it's usually a change of schedule thing where I'm like, right. Or it was like errands all day. And maybe part of that was grocery shopping. I usually plan like my grocery shopping day. There's no prep for like time to prep. So that's the day I usually am like, okay, sausages and French, French fries with salad. And that's, this is all I can handle. Um, is Usually. that like the college version of laundry day? <laughs> I think so. You're like, I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> As a parent, you're I'm like, here. sorry, it's grocery day. Yeah, like, sorry, it's laundry. You can it's- eat these crumbs that I found under yeah. the couch. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's dinner tonight. Or like, if I'm really good, maybe I'll have something in the freezer I can pull out. But half the time I'm like, when did I make this? Can mm-hmm. I still eat it? But I'm finally starting to label things. But um, that's, that's a real thing. I teach labeling (laughs) and I still have unlabeled things in my fridge. I know. It's so hard. And then it goes to waste. But, um, but I do find that um, if someone's sick or I'm not feeling well, that's when I'm like, Mm. Oh God, what's my go-to? And um, sometimes I'll just be like, Matt, you're cooking. Sorry. And I don't know how chaotic it's going to be, but, um, and luckily he's home for dinner. So that's a whole other level of stress for other people. So Um, I'm super curious about this. This is one of the things I want to know about our guests and part of the impetus for this show is what do do the food responsibilities look like in your house, in your marriage? So I cook, I plan and prep. Um, He will cook if I ask him to. Okay. But quite frankly, he's better at occupying the kids for the most part, except for that. 100%. Because he likes to play. Mm Mm-hmm. And I get really like, oh, I need to be cleaning that while I'm watching them play. Um, Same. But so he can cook. And by the end of the week, I'm like, can you just cook? I just want to sit on this couch. Um, so will, will he then be cooking things that you planned? Yeah. Okay. Unless and, I'm like, you do it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm so done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. This is something that I'm not very good at. So how do you delegate that? Like, Honey, I need you to cook tonight. Tell me what that conversation sounds okay. like so that I can copy it. Well, you know what? Early on in our marriage, it, we would hover 
and be like, mm-hmm. oh, you're not cooking that right. Um, no, I, that's not what I meant. You know what I mean? Or what, what is that? Oh God. I don't think anyone's going to This is the problem it. we have. Greg will come up with an idea and I'll be like, that sounds awesome, but you should do it this way with like quinoa instead of white rice. And yes. you know, I make all these changes and he's like, why? Why? Why'd you ask me to cook then? Yeah. It's exactly. like when my husband's like, I'm like, what do you think about this? And he's like this. And I'm like, that's not what I thought. And he's like, well, why'd you ask my opinion? You didn't right. really want to know what I had to say unless I agreed with you. Right. So, um, so don't I, hover is your number one tip. Yeah. I don't hover. Sometimes I question the quality of the meat. I'm like, did you cook this all the way? That's still my crib. Like, that's still a problem I have where I'm like, is that, is this fish all the way cooked? Because I'm so paranoid, <laughs> you know? So, cause there have been times where my kid's like gnawing on a raw bone and I'm like, dad, that's raw chicken. That's okay. We'll see how that goes. Um, but since then we've kind of hashed out that I just don't say anything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Emil, you made it. I find whatever. I didn't make it. But I almost always do the cleanup because he just hates it so much. I mean, if I asked him to, he'd do it. But then he'd be like, I don't want it. Right. And it's I'd be not like, worth Fine. the battle. <laughs> yes. I, I, I think that there's two important lessons in there. The first one is uh, this, like, it, it's something I've really done with parenting, which is if you want your partner to be involved, you need to not be involved with your partner being involved. And so, yeah. not even when it comes to food specifically, but just like in general, I'm like, that sounds mm-hmm. awesome. You guys should do that together. Yes. Go along now. Tell me how and it I goes. Sort of like shut it down because, because I have like the ultimate trust in that my husband has my best, our kids' best interests in mind and is always going to keep them safe. And yeah. I realized that like anything above and beyond that is just me putting Trying my to, own yeah. parenting style on him, which by the way, I'm not a perfect parent. So right. why does he need my style? One. And then the other thing that you said was like, I could get him to clean up, but he hates it so much. It's not even worth it. And I think that that's like such a good lesson in choosing your battles. Like this really bothers you and it doesn't bother me that much. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the owner of it. And that's actually like in our family, how we've divided the cooking. It feels very... um, like not modern day woman to be like, I do all of the planning and cooking in our house. And frankly, I do a lot of the cleanup though. He's better at it than I am, but I'm Mm -hmm. just there in the kitchen. So I try to do as much as I can. And then on the other hand, it feels like, well, you just have to be honest about what's going on in your marriage and what your strengths are. And by the way, I think about food all the time. I do it as my career. Like it's sort of ridiculous to expect someone else to jump in and do what you do. Yeah. And I think part of it is when your kids are, when you maybe have your first kid or whatever, you're still really trying to relinquish control of the situation. And then you get to a point where you're like, I will hire anyone who's safe to babysit my children so I can just get out of here for five minutes. Like just, I want them alive, you know, (laughs) like, and, um, you just realize you need your sanity more than you need your child to eat X snack instead of Y snack. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have a motto for this year that is some variation depending on the day on progress, not perfection. Yes. And I think that applies to food and I know it applies to parenting and it applies to business and it applies to all of these things. But like, it certainly applies to this healthy eating space, which is like, I'm not going to drive myself crazy over all of the details of this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my best 
and that's going to be like good enough. Yeah. And I'm not going to stress myself about being perfect because frankly, like, especially when it comes to if health is your goal, stress is like such a huge contributor to bad health. And it's like, you're actually not serving yourself by spending all this time trying to be perfect and adding stress to your life. Exactly. I agree. I 100% agree. You have to balance the, when it comes to healthy eating, there's the, there's the cooking and meal preps stress and the cleanup. There's Mm -hmm. the stress of the financial, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's expensive in most cases. And then there's the stress of um, just all the outside factors that affect your ability to do those things. And so you have to really find like a harmony, you know, Um, because balance is really hard to do, but harmony is like, okay, I need to like, just everything needs to work well together. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah. I think harmony over balance is like yeah. such an interesting way to think of it, right? Which is that you're, it's not all going to be balanced and everyone's not going to share every task and you guys are going to do things yeah, all exactly. Perfectly orchestrated. Yeah. <laughs> but how can you find the harmony where it doesn't become like another thing to figure out on your plate. Yeah. It's part of why we came up with this name for the podcast, a very yeah. full plate, because it's like, yeah, I hope you have a full plate of healthy food. And by the way, I know you've got a really full plate. As yeah. A <laughs> like, yeah, those factors are. Yeah. I think, and like you were saying, like in our marriage, we've, we've really nailed down like the parts we play mm-hmm. and there's no resentment built behind it. The parts yeah. we play is I prefer to control what they're eating and how they're eating it. So most of the time I do it. And that's because it's my, it's me. It's not that he's not willing. Right. It's that I'm like, I'm going to choose. I know what I bought. First of all, I know what I plan to cook. So occasionally I'd be like, here are the three things, just cook them. And that's Mm -hmm. simple. It's like Brussels sprouts, rice and ribs or whatever. And he knows how to cook them. Right. Um, So for me, it's like, I prefer to do those things, even though sometimes I'm like, I can't believe I have to do all this. It's like, well, that's not fair. If I'm going to be like, (laughs) I want it to be this way and I want it to be my way, but you have to do it. That's not fair. And then also he's the guy who like when the plumbing breaks, he takes over. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's just our dynamic. That's how it works. He knows how to fix that. I have no idea how to fix that. Right. um, We've had a lot of, you know, arguments over that. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, well, why don't you help me with this? And it's like, well, because I was doing this. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things you mentioned is things getting expensive. And Mm -hmm. when we created our list of questions that we want to ask to our guests, we put down what's your average grocery budget per week, mm-hmm. which makes me cringe because I don't want to have to share it, but I'm going to brave and ask you and let you share first. And then next time I'll share. I'm going to air my dirty laundry because I think it's important for people to know. Cause when I see people say like, it's so expensive to eat healthy. I'm like, yes, it absolutely is. Mm-hmm. I do not disagree. Um, you, I do want to show, say to the argument is how expensive is it to have a disease though? You know, so you have to really know, you have to have a motivation to be like, I'm preempting my health versus something worse later down the line. And you really have to believe it's going to happen. However, I was exactly thinking that when you were talking about your husband making a change is like, yeah. yes, it's expensive. And so is taking medicine for the rest of your life yeah. and dealing with the effects of yeah. what might happen. And to think they had said, we're going to just do surgery and take a thyroid out. And I was right. like, well, how's Definitely. that going to First of all, how expensive is that going to be? How's that going to affect the rest of his life? What else is this going to lead to? So for me, it's an investment. However, we have had to really swallow it because we actually sold our house and moved to a smaller home and completely scaled our life down because we realized we're never going to stop eating this way. Mm. So we had to reevaluate wow. our entire 
financial situation to say like, this isn't going to change and our children are only going to get hungrier (laughs) as they get older. So, and we didn't want to change our lifestyle as far as our work-life balance. So what were we going to do? And uh, so we did that. And weekly, this includes like toiletries, cleaning supplies, you know, natural, like deodorant and all that stuff. Everything you buy at the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Um, Weekly, we have budgeted like $300 a week. But wow. to be honest with you, we more spend like four to four, depending on if it's like Christmas time and you're like, I'm going to make this and that. And then you're like $500 later. You're like, I sure. just spent $500 at the grocery store for one week. So, I mean, we fluctuate between probably per month, 1500 to 2000. And clearly okay. we live in New England, which is kind of expensive, sort of out like near you. Um, but it's because I, we don't go out to eat really. Like, so mm-hmm. there's no other like bill of food. Like occasionally we will get Thai food or something, but it's so super expensive. I mean, it's basically like another mortgage. Um, but what I've learned also recently is that historically food has never been cheaper Mm -hmm. in relation to your income than it is now in this modern day society. It's just that we also now have like car insurance and student loans and this and that and keeping up with the Joneses. And so we say it's expensive to eat, but back in the day you basically paid your house, which sometimes was paid off and you paid to feed your children. And everything else was kind of like, oh, we got a car, but we paid it off. And now we have all these other bigger bills that make us feel like food is super expensive. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you for your bravery and your honesty (laughs) in sharing that. I know it's not easy because I always (laughs) feel the tension of sharing it, but I just, I love what you said, which is we realized we were always going to eat this way. And so we made decisions so that we could make it happen. Yeah. And I really identify with that because I often feel like we have a generous food budget and yet I'm always like fighting against it. Like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, like we spent too much on this or we did too much of that. But we absolutely have other places in our life that, lives that I recognize that we could cut back right. to give a little bit more breathing space mm-hmm. to our food budget specifically. Yeah. And you're motivating me to think more carefully about that because you're absolutely right. It's one of the best investments that you can make in my, in my book. And I, I just, I love that idea of like, we weren't going to change our lives in terms of like work-life balance and the way that our family dynamic is, but we knew that we needed this money to live healthy and you have three growing girls. That's not cheap. Mm -hmm. I should Mm -hmm. say that you know, I have a three-year-old, but he's such a small eater that I feel like he didn't That's really true. impact our food budget when he joined our family. And now I've got this nine-month-old who just eats everything. Like he'll eat a carton of blackberries in one sitting, which are not cheap in the middle no. of winter. And oh my by God. Way, I <laughs> never no. buy blackberries in the middle of winter. I would teach people like, don't buy berries in yeah. winter because they're not in season and they're so much more expensive. And I'm like... I got to feed these kids and this is what they're going to eat. Yeah. And this is what's here in front of them. Yeah, I know. (laughs) And that like, that creates a real uptick in my budget, but what's the alternative? Like I'm going to buy some, like, I don't even know. I can't even think of what I would buy to give him. That's going to take the place of that, that I'm going to feel really good about him chowing down on. And yeah, no, I agree. And getting nutrients from. I know. I know. I agree. And and you want them to have a, and I also try not to stress to my kids, like that was expensive. And mm-hmm. Then I don't want them to sort of relate stress to eating. But at the same time, sometimes I'm like, you just ate the entire snack that we had for the week. So there you go. Like, right. I'm not shopping again. You know? Right. Um, 
we've been talking a lot about natural consequences in our house. So not the kind of consequences that I, as your mom, impose upon you. But like yesterday, there was a total craft disaster in the living room, which by the way, is partly my fault because why was he doing crafts in the middle of our family room. That's right. And then his little brother woke up, woke up and there were tiny cuts of paper everywhere. And he's like, mom, I want you to play with me. And I was like, listen, this is a natural consequence <laughs> of the fact that you didn't clean up your mess because he wouldn't help me. I can't play with you because my job is to make it safe for your brother. So right. now, and you, by the way, yeah. <laughs> so now I'm going to spend my time doing that and I can't play with you. Like not right. because I'm mad and not because this is a punishment, right. but because this is just this is what life. happens. <laughs> yeah. like, this is life. Yeah. And, and I think you're right. Like there's something important there around natural consequences with food too, which is not ever like shame or guilt or like you said, stress around cost of things, but really this like, you can eat all of this snack now. But we yeah. don't have any more of that snack. It doesn't magically appear. There's yeah. not a fairy. Mm-hmm. And there's not an endless supply of all of these things. So now you get to eat carrots as your snack, right? Like, Yeah. Like, and, and I'll say to my daughter before she'll like, can I have juice again today? And I'm like, if you have juice again today, you're not going to have it tomorrow because I'm not shopping until Wednesday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, okay, I'll have a seltzer or something. And so she's older, right? Where she right. can rationalize that. But I do... I try really hard. It's almost like a blessing to be on a strict budget. Cause if you're not, you're like, why not just give them what they want. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like you want to give your kids what you can. You want to give to your kids. That's your love in some ways. But at the yeah. same time, there's something to be said for like purposeful. What's the word? Deprivation. <laughs> like right. you need to know that the world, yes, it's plentiful, but there's only so much of this. So you need to learn how to kind of problem solve. I think that like food can be a vehicle for that conversation to say, it's not that you can't have juice, but the choices that you make in this moment now are going to affect the choices mm-hmm. that you get to make in the next moment tomorrow. And for a five-year-old, that's like, if you have juice today, you can't have it again tomorrow because there's just not any. Like, it's right. not that I'm not giving you any. There isn't any here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that that's like, that becomes a larger life lesson, I guess. Right what I'm thinking. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you don't even realize you're, you're doing it until, you know, you have to say it out loud. So in right. some ways it kind of happens organically if you are on a strict budget and you stick to your, you know, you're not shopping, you're not going to go shopping just because your kid's like, I want juice now. And I understand wanting to resolve that. But at the same time, eventually you'll be surprised how quickly they're like, okay, like they're disappointed, but they need to sit with disappointment sometimes. And I hate it because sometimes I just want them to stop crying or whatever. <laughs> but I'm like, that's life. Yeah. That's life. You know, we kind of forget that like, it's okay for them to feel disappointed. In fact, it's, they need to feel disappointed so they can learn. Cause sometimes she'll come to me and say, you know what mom, like, and she'll like verbalize how she's thought through it. And I'm like, wow, you're so much smarter than I was at your age. But also, you know, she'll just, she, she, she went through the circular reasoning and I'm like, that's good. That's gotta be some kind of good exercise. You just right. did. You know? Right. Absolutely. I am teaching you things without sitting down and teaching you things, right? We are living life here. I like to think so, you know, but. So I have a couple more questions before we wrap up. One is it sounds like you must be like a meal planning pro because you're feeding three growing girls. You're feeding a husband who's on like a more strict diet than probably what most of us are operating on. Mm. What is your number one tip for getting better at meal planning? Number one tip. 
I, I think that it's important to find like the five meals everybody will eat two out of three items of, you know, I mean, and then you kind of put them on repeat with the occasional mix up, you know, like mm-hmm. depending on the season, like in the summer, I find it much easier to just grill up a bunch of stuff, uh, you know, burgers and fries and a veggie or whatever. But, in the, you right. know, I do love the Instapot. I guess, I guess my number one thing is just knowing what you're going to cook ahead of time. And if you have the time, do some of your chopping. So you're not like, Cause I, the bane of my existence is when I'm trying to chop garlic, which is the most annoying thing to chop. <laughs> my kids are pulling at my legs and I'm like, I just want to chop this garlic. Right. You know? So kind of thinking ahead of like, what is going to be super stressful if it's four o'clock and you haven't planned dinner, I get like panic, panic. Right. And, um, and not only that, but it's so nice to be like, ah, oh, everybody's so much calmer when dinner is already prepared or you know what you're going to make, or it's already pre-chopped. Um, and then you can actually have conversations with the kids and you're not like, get out of the kitchen. Right. Um, so for me, it's all about like, I want a harmonious everyday week. So if you know what you're going to make and you shop based on what you, what you're going to make, or you make based on what you shopped for, mm-hmm. um, and you know, like these are the six meals I'm going to make and like <laughs> four out of six of them, my kids will eat and that's fine. Um, it's all about prep. It's all about prep, the chopping and the what have you, or if you're going to buy like a frozen bag of something, you know, it'll be easier. Um, so just, what's your family's favorite meal? Like the thing that, you know, you can always have stuff on hand for, and you can get them to eat it. So believe it or not, there is no one meal that everyone will eat because I, I have, I believe yeah, that. <laughs> there's no one meal that everyone will eat. I know who I'm going to make happiest. Okay. Um, so my kids really do like Brussels sprouts of all things. There's other things they hate, like they won't eat asparagus or green beans, but they love Brussels sprouts because they cook them in bacon fat, which is so good. But um, I can usually make Brussels sprouts with like a sweet potato, like a roast, you know, like a chopped up, like almost like home fries. Yeah. And then some kind of like either chicken legs or, you know, they love chicken on a bone. They'll always eat chicken on a bone. Okay. Like, We're dinosaurs, blah, 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 whatever. I love that. Um, like they love that. it in kid language. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and that's super, that's an easy thing for me to make. So I guess chicken on a bone is a meat they'll always meet, always eat, or like a bacon or a sausage. And then some kind of potato, but my oldest daughter hates pasta, whereas the other two love it. So if I get like gluten-free pasta, my oldest daughter's like, I hate pasta. She won't eat anything. She'll forget the whole mac and cheese <sighs> kid thing. It's just not happening in my house. So anyway, um, usually chicken and bone with like a sweet potato that's, you know, really well seasoned and a Brussels sprout or a salad or burgers are usually pretty good. That's, but you know, without a bun, um, my kids are great meat eaters. You know how some kids don't like protein? You know, it's awesome because what you're describing is something that I really identify with, which is this idea of like, something that's tasty and something that's healthy, but not super complicated. Yeah. Always very simple. Often when people come to me, they're like, what great ideas do you have for dinner? And I think they're searching for some like Pinterest perfect. Yeah. Fantastic weeknight dinner. And those might exist and you might have ones that work for your family. But so often in my family, it's some amalgamation of in yeah. like a stir fry that's not at all glamorous yep. and there's not really a recipe for and you wouldn't serve it to guests right it feeds your family healthy food and then you're done with it and I think of no like totally utilitarian meals like yeah we eat when we need to eat yeah 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 like for real every uh, you know everyone's like stir fry is once a week in our house 
And then, you know, we'll do chicken on a bone and then we'll do like hamburgers or meatballs. I mean, these are basically all we do. And we do lots of veggies or salads. And, and when the kids don't like the veggie, I'm like, here's some peppers. Like that's how I augment um, the situation. I'll chop up like peppers or cucumbers. And I think a lot of parents do that. Like they know they're not, their kid's not going to eat whatever. Maybe they'll try it, but at least they get some fiber. Cause you don't want to just have a kid eating like right. just meat or whatever. Right. Or so, just anything, anyone. Or just one thing, yeah. And and like I said, uh, for me, a home run meal is if if each kid eats two out of three things, I'm fine yeah. with that. I'm yeah, fine with that. that criteria. And you're like, it doesn't have to be everything, right? No, because I want to give them a little bit of feeling like they get to control something. Yeah. Um, but then we'll be like, it's so good though. Don't you want to try it? No, okay, right. well, I'm going to eat yours, you know, and make it kind of like this forbidden food. <laughs> right, make it fun. And that's where it helps to have three kids, right? Like you can, you can pin yes. them against each other. Peer pressure, <laughs> peer pressure, bribery. I'm not above any of that. Um, the other thing is we always ate together. We've never separated mom and dad from kid meals mm-hmm. unless we're going out to eat, which I think helps because they see us eat it, you know? And I'm not saying it's possible for everybody's life, but when it's possible, I think it makes a huge impact because it, they'll associate healthy eating with their parents eating it. And also, um, like, they'll associate this bonding time with healthy eating. Like, yeah. let me hear about your day. What was your favorite part about school? What happened at school? You know, they'll have, like, a positive memory with it rather than a battle of eat your meal. You need to go to bed. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're definitely not always perfect about that in our house. Like, we... Yeah one night a week, we go to the gym till 6.30. We have childcare yeah. at our gym. So my husband oh, cool. and I go to the gym, yeah. the kids go in childcare, and then we essentially like get home and do the bedtime shuffle. And then we have dinner yeah. together without the kids. But for the most part, we really like try yeah. to eat together. And I think that that is a really powerful thing to show them. I'm not just feeding this to you because it's healthy. Like we are all eating this because it's the food our family eats. Yeah. And if you just go back to like the way our world started, like that's what people did. They gathered around a fire and they ate their meal. And that's a very instinctual habit that people want, whether they can articulate it or not. Yeah. Well, I know that I have a kid alarm that is about to go off. Okay. That sounds good. Already. But Emily, thank you so much for opening up and sharing so many insights about your family. I know Two big things that I'm going to take away from this conversation is I love the idea of what you talked about of taking healthy eating in increments. Mm. And then the, just the idea of eating together and make, making it a ritual that your kids don't even question because it's always been a part of their lives. Mm. I think that those are really inspirational things that have not just to do with eating healthy, but building a healthy family and eating food in general. So thank you for sharing. I'm happy to share. And, you know, I'll just add that, you know, I didn't necessarily have all these habits as a child. So for me, these are all new things for me to learn to appreciate. So just because you didn't come from that doesn't mean you can't create your own rituals starting from your own little family if you're the parent. So um, it's not like, oh, well, of course, you know, she might've had this like perfect, it wasn't, you know what I mean? And so for me, it was even more important to be like, we're going to start this, you know, we're going to start this up, right? Well, I can't wait to dig into that more with you throughout our conversation. Yeah, I'm very excited. How you have been so intentional about what you do with your family and then also the realities of what happens when you are trying to be intentional and life happens. So yes. get ready for more questions about that. I want to learn from you. <laughs> yeah, and I cannot wait to hear about yours, especially with your, your background in cooking. And I'm hoping to pick your brain for ideas. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for chatting today. And thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you again next week.